Well, we're going to turn to look at God's word together. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Well, briefing notes are designed to inform decision makers about an issue. And, and this series is designed to inform or in many cases remind and even excite you about some of the foundational teachings of the Christian faith. But don't worry, this isn't going to be a list of, of bullet points. Rather, in each case, the briefing will explore and reflect on a key extract from the Bible, like 2 Timothy chapter 3. And the purpose of all this? To help us grow in our understanding, to shore up our faith, to galvanize our commitment to the Lord Jesus. And for some of you listening, it's my prayer that handing you these briefing notes may prompt you to a clearer decision to come to a living, personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's my prayer. Now, in one sense, we already have the briefing notes in our hands, reading them, thinking through them, memorizing them, even singing them. Our briefing notes as Christians are the Bible. Yet, I'm aware of increasing pressure where the Bible is concerned, and I'm sure you are too. The Bible has become harder to defend. Well, why? It's because the culture around us has taken a few steps away from the Christian worldview. There's nothing new about people rejecting God's word or um, the problem of false teaching. But we do live in times when the Bible is more likely going to offend the people around us, people we are friends with, people in our families. Now, in 2 Timothy, Paul was writing to a young Christian leader, Timothy, who was facing intense pressure from the culture around him. And in that context, Paul told him to keep going. In the memorable section that Sam read for us, Paul explains the difference between Scripture and then the vast supply of other teaching doing the rounds. And specifically, Paul was talking about the Old Testament Scripture. And yet by the end of the apostolic era, a recognized body of writings about the Lord Jesus Christ was also being regarded as Scripture, the New Testament. Well, in these briefing notes on the Bible, we're going to see that Scripture is something worth hanging on to, no matter the prevalence or the power or the persuasion of a rising tide of alternative ideas. It's true, isn't it? Our, our access to information and news and guidance and advice has never been greater as now, in every format you can think of. But I want you to imagine this. Imagine you're in a boat, you're on the open water, surrounded as far as you can see on all sides by the very bluest of seas. You swim in the water, you're within arm's reach of it if you reach over the side of the boat. But where do you go for a drink? The water around you or from the source that you know to be pure? Well, there's going to be an important message for us, an instruction in these lines from 2 Timothy concerning the Bible. In difficult times, stick with Scripture. In difficult times, stick with Scripture. Have a look at what, at what Paul writes here from verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, 
and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Just immediately before this, Paul had been warning Timothy about something. There's a reality for all Christians, and if you have your Bible open, look back to verse 12. All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, verse 12. And and this persecution will come from the direction of those that Paul describes as evil and imposters. Their behavior, well, he describes that as deceiving and being deceived. You see, these are difficult times. Paul warns Timothy. These times are characterized by evil and imposters. And these people, he even says, will go from bad to worse. Earlier on in this letter, if you've read it, Paul warned that there would be temptation to be ashamed of the good news, the testimony about Jesus Christ. Paul even names examples of people who had turned away. And so the directive here in this letter, Paul says to Timothy, continue. Continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed. In difficult times, in other words, don't be deceived. Don't be persuaded by imposters but continue in what you have learned and already believed. Now, now the argument here is this. It's, you know who taught you. It it was me, Paul says, and also your family too. Timothy's mother and his grandmother are mentioned early on too. These people taught you the truth. Timothy, why don't you stick with it? Stick with the truth. Now, verse 15 here tells us that Timothy had grown up with a diet of the Old Testament sacred writings. And so as well as the fact that Timothy had a good diet, which you should stick to, Paul says something else. He makes another case. He says these sacred writings, this Old Testament instruction, end of verse 15, are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Your training in the Bible brought you not a good way of life or an admirable morality, but your training in the Old Testament followed through. This attention to the Scriptures allowed you to come to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. So in difficult times, stick with the Bible. There's a whole choir of other voices, though, isn't there? Persuading and grabbing your attention but none of them are able to bring you salvation. None of you are able to bring you rescue. Only the scriptures open up such an access. And to God's rescue from sin and death through faith in Jesus Christ, that's the access. It's through faith in Jesus Christ. There's a tide coming in for us too. New things and the same old arguments are being said about the Bible. Everything from Dawkins to documentaries, expert opinions, the writings of the new atheists. And they're all demanding that you smirk at the Bible or move away from it. And then every so often we hear supposedly Christian leaders. And and they patronize people who rightly consider the Bible as God's word. You know, sadly, as, as these people speak and teach and lead, they contradict the Bible 
they deny it and, and subtly and even sometimes not so subtly, they boast that they've moved on too and they urge others to do that. Living these days, the pressure on you, if you're a Christian, is getting even more intense. Well, coupled with the persuasive deception of some of the, the arguments being made, is our new reality in 2020. We live in, in new times here, but you'll see that the Bible's teaching is no longer just deemed old-fashioned, but now these days it's seen as offensive to the people we love. And suddenly you're facing the fight of your life. I want to talk directly to you for a moment if you're in school or in college. Like all of us, you too have been immersed in so many ideas and teachings that it will be attempting to persuade you that trusting the Bible is an out-of-date way of life. And on top of that pressure, your friends, more than in previous generations perhaps, your friends have cut all their ties to the Christian worldview. So I want to urge you today to stick with God's Word. And that goes for all of us who are Christians. And as the waves of all the new ideas relentlessly roll in, year on year, stick with God's Word, the Scriptures, the Bible. And, and don't be surprised that there isn't just a trickle, but a whole ocean of other ideas out there. Why don't you realize and accept that it's just as Paul said to Timothy. All who desire to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. And that means shame and suffering for being a Christian. That's the normal Christian life. And as you think about the costly reality of following the Lord Jesus, I want you to realize this. This book in your hand is a powerful book. Did you notice how it's able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ? Well, now I want you to look with me at what Paul goes on to show. He goes on to show the stark contrast between the Bible and all of the other ideas that are out there. In difficult times, stick with the Bible because all Scripture is God-breathed. Look at verse 16. Paul writes, all Scripture is breathed out by God. Now, you may have heard that description of the Bible before, but what does it mean all Scripture is God-breathed or breathed out by God? Well, I want you to think breathed out by God is an amazing picture. In fact, it's the very opposite of all the other wisdom and ideas that are doing the rounds. Wisdom that's essentially breathed out by human beings. And that's a stark contrast, isn't it? There's something truly remarkable about the origin of Scripture. Paul tells Timothy, and he's reinforcing what he's been telling Timothy all the way through this letter. Only the Scriptures can powerfully direct you to God's salvation in Jesus Christ. Why? Because they are powerfully the words of God himself. I want you just to think about that. God's powerful words can't be, must never be considered on a par with our words and our feelings, and our intuitions, and my reasoning. You see, it won't do to have the biblical commands and instructions and principles just thrown into the mix as we make our decisions and take our steps in life. No, these words are powerful, and they carry God's authority. 
And that means that all our other gauges of making the right choice, like maybe it just feels right to do this, or that brings people happiness. Well, all those other gauges mustn't come before what God has said. If all scripture is God-breathed, we should have confidence in what God has said. So as part of this briefing, ask yourself, is, is that true for you in your life? Does God's word, does what God says settle the matters that you've been mulling over and deciding? In difficult times, stick with scripture because it's God-breathed. Well, of course, back here in, in 2 Timothy 3, one of the scholars argues that, that Paul, with this amazing description, all scripture is, is God-breathed, he's actually setting up a platform, the platform of God's authority as the one who inspired the scripture. And he set up this platform for the main event, the explanation of what the scriptures are for, the function of the scripture. Have a look at verse 16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable and useful. So these words carrying the authority, not of men, but of God, Paul writes, are useful. And he gives four specific ways for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness. Teaching. Have a look at these four ways that the Bible is useful. Um, the Bible um, provides and must provide the baseline for all Christian teaching, for teaching. And then secondly, we have reproof. It's not a very common word. We don't use it very often. But this is the idea that Scripture has an important role, important function in exposing people's wrongdoing, their sin. Scripture, if you, as you see, when it's held up to us, will help people see their wrong thoughts and actions and, and words. Scripture provides reproof. Perhaps this function is so loathed though these days and so uncomfortable that it can be often the, the motivation to dispense with the Bible altogether. Well, then thirdly, there's correction. Here the activity is correcting, always with the goal of recovery of the person being corrected. And then fourthly, training in righteousness. Paul says that the authoritative word of God is useful for training, for, for bringing people and their whole lives under God's righteous command. Now, I want you to think about those four things. They're true, aren't they, in, in any context, particularly in church life. Teaching, reproof, correcting, training. But stop for a moment. Do you remember what's going on here in Paul's correspondence with Timothy? Timothy's back is against the wall. Timothy's under pressure from opponents, from the culture around him. And there's real danger here of Timothy being ashamed of the gospel and of seeing the suffering that he's faced as just pointless. These are extremely difficult times. And into this context, Paul explains that the God-breathed authority and power of Scripture and their functions. You see, Paul's telling Timothy, don't retreat to the safest shelter on the back lines. Don't just hold your Bible as a comfort blanket. But Paul says, move out. Move out to the front lines. Engage with the opposition, with those who are twisting and persuading and impostors. Teach them. Allow the scripture to convict them of sin and correct them and retrain them in righteousness. 
It's, it's marvelous, isn't it? For, for, for us as Christians, as a church, as individuals, that means bringing the Bible into all our discussions, onto social media, into our conversations, frontline evangelism as we stay at home or as we work or as we Zoom or whatever we're doing. Stick with Scripture. Hold it out so your families and friends can respond to its teaching, its reproof, its correction and training. Well, it's really no surprise what Paul says next. In difficult times, he says, the Scriptures are the very means of equipping those who serve God. Have a look at that last verse, verse 17. All Scripture, taking it up from 16, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Paul, of course, has Timothy, a Christian leader, principally in mind when he's talking about this equipping of the man of God for his work. The scriptures can't be a sidetrack of church life and teaching, but they're the very core curriculum. But there's also application to every Bible-believing Christian too, to those who are training, being corrected and reproved and taught by God's Word as we stick with it and hold it out. Now, I realize that these briefing notes have been too short, but they have underlined that core message for us, that if we're Christians, we must rely on the Bible. We must stick with it in these difficult days. Why? Well, because of its divine origin. It was breathed out by God. Because of its authority and power and function to teach us and bring even those who stand in opposition to the gospel to salvation in Jesus Christ. Now, here's what I want to do at the very end of this message. I want to challenge you with a very simple thing. I'm challenging you to read and study the Bible. And whether you're a Christian or, or, or whether you're not, uh, please don't uh, assume that you know everything that's in here or what's been written down. Why don't you use the time you have in these restrictive weeks to read and to reread it once again? And if you don't know where to start, just send an email to info at blackrockchurch.ie and I'll recommend something to help you. Well, as we finish, let's look again at those words from Psalm 19. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great rejoicing.